All right, Genesis Church and whoever else is watching, this is our Conversations podcast, and we're talking about um, our core beliefs right now. So talking about the things we believe, the doctrines that we uh, believe, and kind of how that influences our life, how that affects our life. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how good doctrine can change us for the better and, and bad doctrine can harm our lives. Um, so now we are jumping into the thick of the church's core beliefs, and we are starting off with scripture. Um, this is a Bible. Uh, this is the Adventure Bible for young readers. I love this one. Jeff's laughing, but I'm going to tell you, um, I try to read through at least a chunk of a different Bible every year to kind of make sure that uh, I'm recommending good ones for our parents. And this has been my favorite for years. This thing is incredible. But it brings something to mind, which is a good question about what makes this Bible different from maybe the one you have at home, uh, different from, you know, an early, early reader's Bible, or maybe translations, things like that. So these are all questions that people have about Scripture. Um, where did it come from? Why are some books not in Scripture? Why are some books in Scripture? And so we're going to take a few weeks and kind of answer some of those things. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the revelation of Scripture, not the book revelation, but how it was revealed. And so we can go ahead and get started on that. Yeah, so let's start with Deuteronomy 29, 29, um, where the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of the law. So here, here's the thing. Uh, first of all, uh, there are certain things that God has decided to reveal about himself, and he has decided to reveal certain truths, and, uh, but he has not revealed everything. I mean, there are some things out there that are secret things that belong to God and we'll never know. And I, and I think a lot of that stuff, even if we did know it, we wouldn't understand it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just some things our little minds cannot comprehend. And, but, uh, in God's wisdom and grace, um, he decided there were certain things that he wanted to reveal about himself so we can know him. Uh, and then he also revealed some things through scripture so we could read and try to understand some things. Um, okay, so uh, when it comes to the doctrine of scripture, uh, you do have to understand how God revealed himself and his truth to us. So, but let's start with a practical scenario here. Okay, suppose you have a friend who is beginning to ask questions about your faith you know, about why you're a Christian, about God, and maybe even about the Bible. And your friend says something like this. He says, now I'm sure the Bible is a great book and I'm glad it helps you, but how is it different from any other great books? You know, and he goes on, he might go on to say, it bothers me that sometimes Christians act as if the Bible is the only holy book like they have a corner on the truth. I'd like to have, I would like to have your kind of trust in the Bible, but it's hard to get past the fact that people just like you and me wrote it and that it has been changed so much over the years. Besides, it's hard to understand. Okay, now there's a lot going on in that. I mean, 
Now, uh, I have had these conversations uh, several times over the years, and um, it can uh, it can be an easy conversation or it can be a very complicated conversation depending on where the person's at. Uh, but your friend, that person just asked really three important questions, uh, all of which can be answered if you understand the doctrine of Scripture. For example, the question, how is the Bible different from all other religious books, is answered by understanding the doctrine of Revelation. You know, so uh, uh, specifically the revelation of Scripture. And that's what we're talking about today. How did God reveal his word to us? Uh, the question, was it written by people just like you and me, is answered by understanding the inspiration of Scripture. Okay, so, and we'll talk about that on another day. Uh, the comment, it's so hard to understand, is addressed by knowing the illumination of Scripture. So, really, when we're talking about the doctrine of Scripture, there's three subcategories. There's more, but these three subcategories uh, are the revelation of Scripture, inspiration of Scripture, and the illumination of Scripture. If you really understand those three, you're going to be able to answer a lot or most of the questions that people have about their concerns with the Bible or their issues with the Bible, because it really covers a lot. But again, today, we're only going to be talking about uh, the revelation of Scripture and how that, what it means and how it impacts and, and how God reveals himself to us. Um, now, uh, so Chris, before we get into the actual, some of the details of the doctrine of revelation, um, is there any, anything you want to add to the beginning part here? Yeah. Um, somebody asked a few weeks ago, they were kind of talking about defending their faith and using stuff like that. And what we would call that is the practice of apologetics, basically the defense of something to the, the defense of our faith. And, you know, you mentioned that these doctrines will address those things. Um, but one important thing to note is that they might not convince everyone. So, you know, you're talking about being able to tell your friend, hey, here's the doctrine of Scripture. Here's the doctrine of revelation. Here's the doctrine of illumination or inspiration. Uh, they may still say, nah, not for me. Um, but at that point, you've done your part, you've learned how to talk about it, you've learned a belief that you're going to integrate into your life, and so you have done your part, but it may not change their minds, and that's, um, that's up to them. So. Well, and another thing is, as you study the doctrines, you know, it's going to solidify your faith, uh, because some of, you know, I know when I became, a, okay, most people know, there may be a few out there watching that, no, you know, and I wasn't raised in church, and so I, I wasn't around terms like, the doctrine of revelation, you know, I mean, that just sounds yeah. like something from some sci-fi movie to me, you know? And so, uh, I wasn't around that right. kind of stuff. We didn't have those kind of conversations and, you know, I knew very little about the Bible, how it came about, who wrote it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but as I grew and as I began to learn some of this stuff, uh, it began to make my faith and understanding stronger in, you know regarding what we call the bible and my doubts about it began to dwindle away little by little by little and uh, you know because i'm like a lot of folks who you know weren't raised in church and then they are told that this is the word of god and i'm going well how do you know that you know and so um anyway um i found this to be very helpful 
be personally and not, you know, let alone just talking to somebody about it if they have questions, uh, then I'll walk them through it. Of course, I don't try to use all these phrases that we're going to use today. But yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, no, yeah. It makes people mad sometimes, man. Yeah, yeah. If I, yeah, if I'm trying to explain yes. it to someone who's like lost and they're not a believer and they right. just got questions about the Bible, I'm not going to drop the doctrine of revelation. I'm not right. going to drop that phrase. I may explain it without using that term, but sometimes it goes over their head. And it, just, and it can make you, I mean, honestly, using big terms and stuff makes us sound like we're almost trying to be arrogant sometimes so i would recommend yeah. yes coming up with your own story thinking about some terms to use for people things like that so or just simplifying the whole thing and, and just talking about it i remember okay so i remember one time i was in a bible class and uh years and years and years ago and this is at a university and uh the professor was is an old testament professor and he was talking about something and i remember sitting there thinking I have no idea what he's talking about, but he was talking to us as if we already knew some of this stuff, you know, and, um, and he was just using these words and phrases and I'm thinking, I, I've never heard that before. And so, uh, and we're going to, you know, I wouldn't, again, I would say, don't do that in your normal conversation, but for our purpose in this podcast, you know, we are going to use some of the, what people call the seminary language. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah, it's good Absolutely. to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, all right. So uh, let's start with a uh, simple definition of the doctrine of revelation so we all kind of have an idea what we're talking about. The doctrine of revelation refers to how God makes him, uh, himself and his truth known. All right? That's, I mean, there's a lot longer definitions out there, but when you just get it down to the, nuts and bolts of it it's really about how god makes himself and his truth known um the opposite of revelation is speculation so this is where religions and spiritualities and philosophy seek to discover who god is apart from god's self-revelation so they, this is why we have a lot of different views of god out there because they're not taking what God has revealed to us and letting that define or describe and helping us to get to know God. They just sort of created his, their own caricature of God or a completely different God. But again, we want to find out, okay, God, we, I guess what we're trying to do is, all right, God, how, what have you told us about yourself? Okay. And how did you do that? Where is this where are you speaking at? You know, how are we hearing you? You know, um, so, uh, and when we're talking about the doctrine of revelation, it's really all about getting to know God. Well, now I need to be careful here because sometimes in these types of discussions, um, or even class or a course on this kind of stuff, it can become strictly academic. And we forget that we're actually, the whole thing about the doctrine of revelation is God revealing himself to us so that we can know him on a relational level, on a personal level. And, uh, and you fight the temptation to just become a biblical academic egghead. You know, I mean, uh, because the more you know, I mean, the devil really get messing with you and thinking, man, I'm smart, you know, and I know all the terms and all that stuff, but you don't know. <laughs> you really don't know the person you're, you know, you're studying, I guess. 
But anyway, so the revelation is all about getting to know God. And so our relationship with God begins as he reveals information about himself. All right, whether that's through the word, through nature, or whatever, as we'll talk here in a moment. Uh, and as we receive it and believe it, which is an act of faith, we begin to experience life together with God. Again, it's, again, the doctrine of revelation is about relationship with God. That's the whole point. That's why God's revealing himself to us. And then as he reveals more and more, and as we see and hear more and more from God, we begin to grow spiritually and it applies it to what we apply it to our life. And then we're able to share it with others. And so uh, that's where we're headed with all this. Okay, so the big question under the doctrine of revelation is how does God reveal himself? Okay, so if you're taking notes, if uh, some of you are sitting there and, and you're writing away <laughs> because we are so smart, you want to write everything down. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm sure that's happening right now. Yes, I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, uh, when it comes to the question, how does God reveal himself? There's two major areas that you need to know, two aspects of this. The first one is called general revelation. The other one is called special revelation. So you got general revelation and special revelation. Revelation. So let's talk about general revelation. Now remember, we're going to end. Now we're, we're talking about the Word of God, and we're going to give you a big picture of how God reveals Himself. And within that picture, you're going to see where the Scripture fits in this revelation of who God is and His truth. All right. So general revelation is God revealing himself to everyone, everywhere. So general revelation includes at least three things. There's a few more things, but we're only going to talk about three. Uh, general revelation includes creation, common grace, and our conscience. Okay, now, Chris, so before we dive into this, and we're going to be looking at some scripture, any thoughts or comments on what's been said so far nope there's a lot there and and getting into it is about the only way to to start okay all right with, with that so all right all right so general revelation uh again god revealing himself to everyone everywhere believer non-believer it doesn't matter he is revealing himself to everyone and he does it three in three ways this general revelation so god reveals himself through creation all right let's talk about that for a moment so Psalms 19.1 says this, Psalms 19.1, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Okay, so there is something about the creation. Okay, so here at my house, I'm sitting at my desk. I have two windows in front of me, and it's a, like a, in the corner here. And outside the window, I mean, I'm seeing a lake, a small lake. Um, no, I live, for those who don't know, I live on, on the lake. lake. Yeah, I okay. live on the lake. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a large pond, community lake. I don't know. Anyway, okay. So anyway, there's a lake. Uh, across the street over here, I can see it. I got a, a tree right outside my window, and I see a bunch of other trees on it. Goes all right. So, see the sky. There's a great view. All of that, in some general way, um, is communicating that there is a craft, 
a, a craftsmanship person behind it who has crafted and designed it all together. Uh, and it is displaying his glory in some way. Um, and there is God, when he made everything from the skies, the moon, the sun, everything, uh, the universe, it was simply as a evidence that he exists. So I'm looking at this according to Psalm 19.1. It is telling me God exists. Now, okay, but no, stop for just a moment. Because I began this conversation with the scripture. So let's remove the scripture out of the way for just a moment. Let's just say there is someone on this planet living in the jungle, in a tribe. They have never heard about Jesus. They've never heard about the Bible. They've never read the Bible. They have never heard the word Christian or Christ or any of that. Uh, they're totally oblivious. What God's word is telling us is that that person will be able to look around and say, there is something bigger than me out there. Now they may not know what it is, but they, you know, but to them, it is God's creation is revealing. There is a creator out there. So that's what he's saying in Psalm 19.1. So even a person without the Bible will, there's something that will identify with them and saying, okay, and that's one reason why a lot of these tribes around the world throughout history have ended up worshiping things. I mean, there's another reason why because of what's built into us, but, um, but we just intuitively as humans recognize the fact there is a God. And now that's been warped a lot with a bunch of false gods and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but creation and, um, points to that. Huh? And, and that, uh, God revealing himself through creation um, is, is very similar to, you know, if I go to an art gallery, um, I can appreciate the pretty pictures. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that can go, oh, look, the brush strokes here indicate anger, and he used fine lines. To, you know, I can't do that, but I can look at it and say, someone created this for a purpose, and often they sign their name to it. And so the Bible basically tells us that creation has God's name signed to it. And so we can look to a creator for that, whether we know who created, like you said, somebody may not ever hear the name Jesus, but they do know someone created the things around them. Yeah. And they may give that someone a weird name, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe make an image out of them in their own mind. But again, um, God is communicating. He's revealing, again, we're talking about general revelation here. He is revealing that he exists at some level. All right, so now, Romans chapter 1 adds a little to this. Uh, the Bible says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature so they have no excuse for not knowing god okay so god is revealing himself through his creation and the trees and everything else through our bodies everything i mean just the, you know even you know the scriptures we've looked at so far have dealt with big things you know like sky earth you know creation uh, but as technology has even advanced and we're able to look deeper into the micro world, 
of God's creation, you know, even that is uh, declaring there is a maker out there. There is a creator. There is a God. Uh, we did not just come out of nowhere. Some, someone made us. And, uh, but anyway, general revelation. So God is revealing some things about himself. For example, in Romans chapter one, it talks about that the creation that he made uh, demonstrates his, his eternal power. So the, just the sheer size of everything lets us know we're talking about a powerful God, huge, big. And because of how big it is and how awesome and glorious it is, um, there's something that we recognize as divine. There's something God-like about it, you know? And so God re has re revealed some very general truths. One of them is that he exists and he's extremely powerful uh, through his uh, creation. But now let me say this. Um, just because someone believes in the existence of God because of nature does not mean that they're saved, born again. You, you can't. Okay, we'll get into this probably in the doctrine of salvation. But you cannot be saved simply by knowing in the existence or believing in the existence of God. Yeah. And again, we've talked about that before with um, a couple other things the, the Bible says the demons know and believe in God, but that doesn't mean they got saved. No. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Belief in God is only, only a, a step. Yeah. Cause as you know, over the years, I don't know how many conversations and it's, it breaks my heart and it's frustrating at the same time that I'll be talking to someone and they'll say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. When I die, I go to heaven or I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm good. Cause you know, I believe there's a God. I mean, you know, they, they, their salvation is based on that. They believe in the existence of a God. Right. And that's not how it works, <laughs> you know, right. according to God's own word. And, uh, and we'll get into that under special revelation here in a minute. Okay, so uh, general revelation. How does God reveal himself? All right, so he reveals himself through creation. And now number two, he reveals himself through common grace. Okay, common grace refers to the blessings that everyone receives and therefore common to all human beings, okay? So this would be things like um, uh, the food we eat, water we drink, uh, the rain, sunshine, stuff like that. Uh, and it doesn't matter, sinner or saint, it doesn't, good or bad person, believer, non-believer, you know, uh, this is common grace. Uh, so Acts 14, 16, here's what the Bible says. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. Now, isn't that interesting? I thought that interesting. That's a gracious God. I mean, he's blessing everybody at this point. And, um, uh, and that's common, that's common grace. So, these things that are we that are provided for us is a sign that there is a God that He cares for us, and in a little way, I mean, if you think about it, it is demonstrating that He is He cares about us, so He's providing for things that we need, and 
that's called common grace. And the, the great thing about common grace is that it, it lends credence to God loving all of us equally. Um, because the most wicked people in the world have still had a great meal or enjoyed, you know, a warm day in the sun or, you know, some other type of, of earthly pleasure. And that, you know, if, if God were to say, no, I'm only going to love the people who will love me, then that would look very different. And so it lends credence to salvation and, and to the fact that God died or Christ died for all of us. And so. Yeah. And you know, um, I'm, I didn't think about it till now, but there's a verse in the Bible that talks about, you know, the goodness of God leads us to repentance, Yep. you know? And so a lot of these blessings that we have around the world, believe it or not, causes us or is part of the equation of, of him drawing himself to us. And, um, all right. So general revelation, um, God is revealing himself, his character, his quality, who he is, uh, through creation, through common grace, acts of common grace. And God reveals himself through our conscience. Okay. Um, almost everyone knows it is wrong to murder your neighbor. <laughs> okay. Um, around the world, throughout history, doesn't really matter what religion, even that's dominant at the time. Um, most people, real, most people would agree that, yeah, it's wrong to murder your neighbor. Now, I realize that throughout history, people have killed a lot of folks, sacrificed a lot of people, and they always have these different stipulations for all that. But generally speaking, when it comes to, I'm mad at you, I'm going to kill you, m most people throughout history, know that's wrong. The same is true to lie to your neighbor or to steal your neighbor's wife, you know, or steal anything from your neighbor, because God has written uh, his morality on human hearts, according to Romans chapter two. There's something that God, there's our conscience. Now, uh, additionally, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, convicts the whole world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. In other words, this is wrong, this is right, you know, and there's judgment coming. The Holy Spirit does this kind of thing on us. Um, and even those who reject God, those who don't believe in God, uh, know how to give good gifts to their children because God created us in his image. And even though it's been tainted and messed up by sin, uh, there's some of that still there and um our conscience even though it can be seared or calloused or anything there's something in us that says this is wrong and there's only and, and where does that come from i mean universally where does this sense of that's right that's wrong especially when it comes to like the things i've mentioned well it's coming from god and that's what god is saying in his bible he in his word he's saying look guys I, if you pay attention to the creation, you pay attention to the common grace, if you pay attention to your conscience, I'm telling you, I'm here, you know, um, and these are some things you can know about me through these things. Uh, uh, and it's amazing how when you start walking, and I've only mentioned three, there's some other things we could talk about under general revelation. But when, when you start taking a look at these things, the evidence that God exists and that he's powerful and that he cares that he loves us and that he is a, a moral, holy God. It's all, it's, it's all there. 
you know, and when you see it, you go, how did I, how did I miss this? You know, when I didn't believe in God or whatever. So, uh, so, all right. So that's the general, oh, wait, let me give you, oh, let me, I got one more verse I want to give to you here. Uh, Romans chapter two, verse 14 says this, even Gentiles, and that's the people who didn't, they don't believe in God. They were doing their own thing. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law, okay? So you got this group of people, they don't have the Bible, the Old Testament, okay? Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it. Even without having heard it, they demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, even those without the Bible, they're, they're in the general sense, they're obeying to some degree the Ten Commandments, basically, you know, or some of them. And so, uh, uh, but it's because it's because God put when He made us, He put that in our hearts, this moral law in uh, us. Uh, okay, so Chris, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we're coming up on on time here. Um, oh, but oh, really? My yeah, God. I know, man. It's crazy. Okay. But um, one thing about about conscience. Um, what was it, Jiminy Cricket, that said the "always let your conscience be your guide" thing? Um, the the conscience is also um to a degree a fallen part of humanity so as a result of sin the conscience is to a degree broken we we are able to i don't know maybe it's kind of like seeing through cracked glasses you know if anybody's ever got scratched glasses um you know it's a nightmare because you can see perfectly except for like one tiny little spot and so our conscience sometimes as a result of that sin nature has a blind spot. And so we may be doing something that we don't think is wrong, but that God might convict us of, but then we might say, yeah, but I don't feel bad about it. So my conscience isn't, you know, acting up or whatever. And so sometimes because of our sin nature, we are either um, looking at our conscience, having a problem or maybe not listening to our conscience quite as much. But I know sometimes when we talk about general revelation and the conscience, Sometimes people go, oh, if I don't feel bad about it, I'm not sinning. I'm like, no, 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 that's not, not yeah, no. the case. So, <laughs> not the case. Yes. Yeah, because if we were to do a study on the conscience, which would be a very interesting one, yeah. the Bible has a lot to say about it. And it talks about our conscience being seared or calloused or hardened, you know what I'm saying? And when that happens, that we're getting numb to you know, uh, the things of God. I mean, we're, you right. know, what we, you know, what we used to be concerned about or feel convicted about, we no longer do because our conscience has gotten hard. So the conscience is a tricky thing, but, uh, but the bottom line under uh, revelation is that God gave us the conscience to help us to understand, to receive for everyone as evidence that he exists and stuff. Okay. So it's how, how long have we been going? Oh, 30 minutes? Right at about 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Condensing special revelation into the next seven minutes is not exactly a, an easy thing to do. But, I yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let's, um, we'll end it here. Mm -hmm. And so we'll pick up next time with, um, special revelation. 
Now, again, there's two categories under general revelation, and, and we're still talking about the scripture. It may not sound like it, but we are. We've got general revelation, and uh, we talk about general revelation. The revelation, <laughs> we got the revelation of God, uh, the doctrine of revelation. That's what I'm trying to say. The doctrine of revelation, and underneath it is general revelation, special revelation. We've been talking about the general revelation part, and uh, we're about to talk next time about the special revelation part. And that's where we're going to find out that God has specifically revealed some details about himself, about salvation, about a bunch of other stuff through Jesus and the scripture. And that's where the, the doctrine of scripture will come in and uh, to help us fill in the blanks on what general revelation could not do for us. So anyway, um, I guess that's what we'll pick up. Uh, that's what we'll pick up next time. Absolutely. So we will see you guys next week. Awesome.